No. You don't think he'd be helpful there? He doesn't know how to manage young drivers. And that kind of is what AlphaTauri does the most frequently, is it takes young drivers and gets them ready for whatever's next. Hello, everyone. I'm Christina. My name is Buck. And this is Gravel Trap F1. There was no F1 race this past weekend. So we're going to have a little fun and mess around with the driver lineup. We'll introduce scientific methods and pure chaos to reshuffle the grid. And then Buck here has an F1 quiz game for us all to play. Yes, and you, the listener, can play along. I have a feeling this isn't going to go the way you think it is. Well, let's find out. But I'm. It is not a race weekend, and it's even weirder because Caroline's not here. She is out dispensing justice. Very true, yes. She has been called in for jury duty. I don't know how much of a secret that is or isn't, but she's off joining the Justice League for whatever purpose. So it is me. It is Buck. Squeaks will probably join in because he's in a mood right now, but... What is it in Canada, your court system? Do you guys have a system where you get called in for civil service like that? Oh yeah, we get called in for jury duty. It's okay. It's fairly similar in that aspect. We do run things a little bit differently, and I did take a criminology course, so in theory that knowledge <laughs> is rumbling around in my head. Well, on the topic of passing judgment, uh, domination this season. It's all about you know the dominance of Red Bull and the dominance of Mac Verstappen, and they, they talk about how they yearn for the days of competition and close racing even though we have been seeing a lot of competition, close racing, and a lot of the field. For today's episode, we are going to reshuffle the grids, put the existing drivers into the most ideal car for them, per our individual thought processes, and see how that grid would shake out. (laughs) I know you probably phrased this, expecting us to be like reasonable and have some thought processes and good like ideas behind this. Mm -hmm. But, um... That's not where my mind is at right now, Buck. My mind is purely just like, what unadulterated chaos can I cause by shuffling people around? Like that's what that's what people are asking for. They're asking for entertainment, and that's what I'm gonna give them. Like, like okay. So for example, Max Verstappen and Daniel Ricciardo, I'm putting mm-hmm. them back together, and I'm gonna put them in the Alpha Tauri car because Max is having too much fun and joy in the good Red Bull, so he can drive the Alpha Tractor for a little bit. Because I don't think I can separate him from from like the Red Bull family really, really. But I'm gonna put him in the Alpha Tractor. Him and Daniel, they can they can suffer together in that car. So as of today, Daniel's currently not racing. Are you you're gonna take Lawson off the the list and replace him with Ricardo because he's the actual Yes. Okay. All right. I'm using Lawson, but I'm gonna I keep am Lawson. Not. Let's let's I'm putting Lando and Fernando together. I also feel like they would make very funny content for the internet. If that was your only <laughs> determining factor for this entire process was which pairings I think are going to make great Insta reels. Um, That I I would really respect and appreciate. That kind of is what's happening here. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. Okay. After much deliberation, here is my new lineup. So because I want Fernando Alonso to get his 33rd win, he's in the Red Bull (laughs) purely because that's what I want. And he has a teammate of Lando Norris, because I also desperately want him to win something. 
So we're okay. gifting them that. Plus, I think they'd be funny together. Lewis Hamilton can never leave Mercedes, so he's still there. And I want Alex Albon in a good car and a good team. So we're putting in Mercedes. Yuki and Pierre need to be together again, and they're at Aston Martin. Oscar Piastri and Joe Guan Yu are in the Ferrari. Charles Leclerc and Valtteri Bottas are together at McLaren, which I don't love, but that's where they've ended up. Okay. George Russell and Carlos Sainz are at Alpine. I don't remember why I made that choice, but they're there. Nico Hulkenberg and Esteban Ocon are at Williams. Logan Sargent is at Haas because the American angle, and he has as a teammate Lance Stroll. Uh, at Alfa Romeo, you have Sergio Perez and Kevin Magnussen. And together, because besties should be together, you have Max Verstappen and Daniel Ricciardo in the Alpha Tractor. <laughs> okay. And your your thought process here, your goal was chaos. And chaos and friends should be together. Friend, chaos and friends should be together. Okay. I want to see how this stacks up against uh, Caroline. Caroline had a lunch break uh, today during uh, what they call voir dire. And sent us her list. So we have starting at the top, Red Bull, Lance Stroll and Liam Lawson. So she's she's also keeping Lawson and putting uh, Ricardo on the bench. Mm -hmm. Ferrari, Lewis Hamilton, Pierre Gasly. Mm -hmm. Mercedes, Fernando Alonso, Logan Sargent. McLaren, Carlos Sainz and Esti Besti. Alpine, Charles... Leclerc, I, I can never say it like you do, um, which is probably the proper way. I'm just, I, I can't do it. So Alpine is uh, Leclerc and Landon Norris, Williams, Bottas and Sonoda, Aston Martin, Checo and Joe Guan Yu, Alpha Tauri, Russell and Hulkenberg, Haas, Verstappen and Albon, and Alfa Romeo, Piastri and Magnussen. Wow. And her stated goal was, like yours, pure chaos. <laughs> so <It's>, uh, <laughs> I, 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 there are some interesting choices here. How do you feel Oscar would actually do at, at Alpha Romeo? I think fine. Like, the thing is, that team is just a fine team. Like, they're very mid right now. I feel like that's that's the thing, is that some of these teams you can so distinctly see the culture that they have and mm -hmm. others like I think that Joe and Valtteri look like they're having a good time in the team because Joe and Valtteri are decent friends and that get along like it feels more like their vibe than the team vibe whereas other times you can tell that it's the team mm -hmm. I'm also changing my mind about where Lance goes Lance is going to Williams with Esteban because they're friends okay and all my logic is now that friends should be together Okay, and for the listeners, I will put up um, an Instagram post, Twitter, everywhere, all three of our uh, dream lists that we're putting together here today. I'm yeah. trying to figure out on Caroline who's the the biggest loser is in terms of like getting kind of the shortest end of the stick. Mm -hmm. I think Nico Hulkenberg going to Alpha Towery on this list might be, he might be at the biggest disadvantage. Yeah. All right. Well, the logic behind my list, as I said earlier, was very scientific. So what I did was I took the current driver standings and the current constructor standings and flipped them. Ooh. So the last place driver is now in the first place car 
and the first place driver is in the last place car. Just standard re grid reversal. We do this in like F1 esports uh, leagues. If we ever run realistic cars, we just take the fastest guy and put him in the slowest car and, and go on like that because they all drive equal cars otherwise. So we have at Red Bull, Logan Sargent and Liam Lawson. At Mercedes, Magnussen and Sonoda. Ferrari, Joe and Bottas, still together, but just in a faster car. Aston Martin is Hulkenberg and Albon. McLaren gets to keep Piastri and gains Ocon. Alpine has Gasly and Stroll. Norris and Russell are over at Williams. The Ferrari duo of Leclerc and Sainz are at Haas. So still driving a Ferrari engine. Mm. Hamilton and Alonso team up at Alfa Romeo. And Verstappen and Perez in the Alfa Tauri. So still rocking a Red Bull powertrain. Hmm. So mine wasn't really designed to create chaos as much as it was to be as diplomatic and democratic as possible, which I guess is probably the most Ooh. boring outcome. <laughs> Why? But would it not create the closest battles on track if you did just simply flip everybody and put them in the exact opposite car? No. You don't not think that necessarily. would improve? No, because points don't necessarily indicate whether or not you're a good driver. It indicates whether or not you had a good race. And that's not the same thing. Like, think how many points McLaren got at the start of the year just because they didn't crash their cars and other people did. Fair point. Fair point. There, there's stuff like that that happens all of the time. You can't just look. Numbers can be used to, to tell a story, but they never tell the full story. Okay. So I'm manipulating statistics. Yes. Whereas my teaming up of friendship that is flawless okay what about team principles we hadn't discussed that would you oh yeah what teams do you think would benefit from another team's principle Ooh, i feel like sending somebody over like um christian horner to something like ferrari would be really beneficial because christian seems very ruthless and like this is a problem we're going to fix it now in fact we fixed it yesterday mm. and really to me, that seems like what Ferrari needs. They need very decisive action, and mm -hmm. they're just not taking it. And I had more hope for what we might see from Fred Vassar. And yes, it's only been half a year, but at the same time, it's been half a year, and I don't feel like we've seen any notable changes. It's interesting you bring up uh, Horner, because I don't really feel like I know much about Horner's leadership style. I know about Horner as the the guy who stirs the pot and picks fight with fights with Toto or likes to go out there and say spicy things on behalf of Red Bull. Like they, when they started out back in the aughts, their whole thing was about creating literal noise in the paddock and, and being the party house and being the disruptor. I don't know if his leadership style is something I've even like, even in drive to survive. I don't know if mm -hmm. I've really gleaned what his style is. And that's as a casual, it's not like I've gone looking for it either. Whereas, for instance, Toto, you naturally, he conveys what his leadership style is. He talks about it all the time. Yeah. Um, so you who dig through the, you know, the annals of history and the, and the 800 page reference documents and all that would probably have a great idea of Horner's leadership style. But, you know, that's two different kinds of F1 viewer there. That true get that i think toto going to alpine would be helpful oh. for them because they seem to be in a bit of a 
um, an organizational mess. They just need organization. They just need a leader, point blank. I I quite frankly think them firing Otmar was kind of stupid because he did a good job with Racing Point and before that when it was, um, whatchamacallit, Force India, yes. He did so much with so little, which realistically is what Alpine is working with, okay? They're, they're trying to make something happen with very little time as far as like the demands from their higher up leadership, not just from the F1 team, but from the board above the F1 team. So yeah, I think firing him in general was a mistake, but I don't know who else I would move. It might be rude, but what about moving Gunther to Alpha Tauri? Not that he's sort of just the representative of the lowest team or the... No. You don't think he'd be helpful there? He doesn't know how to manage young drivers. And that kind of is what AlphaTauri does the most frequently is it takes young drivers and gets them ready for whatever's next. And that's not Gunther's strong point. You really do need someone like Franz Tost, who's like Franz Tost, who's going to be patient. And who's going to take the time to say, these are your weak points in a kind way and then work around them or work to minimize them and nurture. It's a different thing to make someone become comfortable in F1 than it is to force them to perform at their highest. Okay. All right. Christina from Gravel Trap F1 here, and I've got some big news. As you're well aware, Formula One is not the only open wheel racing out there. So... The Gravel Trap is expanding its repertoire into IndyCar with a new podcast called Gravel Trap Indy, hosted by myself and our newest member of the Gravel Trap family, Justin Reschke. That's right, Christina. If you're a longtime IndyCar fan or an F1 fan who's been curious about Indy but don't know enough about it yet, we're making a show for you. We'll be covering both current events, races, driver market news, as well as digging deep into the rich history of IndyCar to recount some of the most exciting stories ever to come out of the sport. Join us. It's going to be a blast. Look for Gravel Trap Indie wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, well, for for part two of today's episode, I have put together an 11-question quiz. I combed a lot of online F1 quizzes and tried to pick out the questions that I thought would be, one, you, would, you wouldn't have to be, you know, Sean Kelly to know these answers, but two, they wouldn't be so obvious that everyone knows, you know, who the has the most drivers champions and all that kind of stuff. Some some more obvious ones. I'll ask them to you, give the audience time to make a choice themselves. Keep track, whether it's a piece of paper or on your phone, because we're going to put up an Instagram story and you guys can pit your score, how many questions you got right against Christina's. And I'm good at trivia. <laughs> Edit that out if I get none right, Buck. <laughs> um, each question is worth one point. And there are one or two bonus questions inside some of them that will earn you another point. Ooh. Question number one. Who is the only driver to have won a Formula One Grand Prix in a car bearing his own name? I'm trying to think of whose team and name. I feel like it's either Ferrari or Williams. Let's go with Williams. No? The answer is Bruce McLaren. Oh, right. 
That's embarrassing because it was just like they have the anniversary gear all over the place. <laughs> kind of forgot about him. <laughs> all right. If any of you got that right. Yeah. <sighs> if any of you got that right, you've got a, a good head start here. Question number two. And this is multiple choice. In which decade did Ferrari first allow sponsorship to be on their cars? Was it the 2000s? Was it the 1990s? The 1970s or the 2010s? Oh, 90s? The answer was the 1970s. Oh. Which, like, you have to think back to, like, Hunt and Lauda, because that was late 70s. And one of them was in a Ferrari. I don't. I was thinking of the movie Rush, and I was trying to think. Yeah. Like, were there sponsorship stickers on the car then? But was I really paying attention? Because Chris Hemsworth <laughs> is so pretty, I can't take my eyes. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh... Qu- question number three: Which Grand Prix driver wore a Superman cape on the podium of the 2006 Monaco Grand Prix? This is multiple choice. Was it okay. Fernando Alonso, Nigel Mansell, David Coulthard, or Damon Hill? So it seems like a very Coulthard thing to do. The answer was David Coulthard. Ha! <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> That's exactly his vibe. Isn't it? I I could see Fernando was a bit of a showman back in the day too. Yeah, but he wouldn't wear the Superman cape. He would just wear a cape. Oh, his own cape, like the Fernando cape. Yeah. Okay. All right. Question number four, and this is multiple choice and comes with a bonus. <laughs> the safety car made its first appearance at a Grand Prix in 1973. What kind of car was it? Was it a Mercedes 280SL, a Renault Laguna, a Porsche 914, or a Ferrari 488 Spider, i.e. the same car Magnum P.I. drove in the Magnum P.I. TV show? What? I know it was in Canada. Oh, let's go with Renault. It was a bright yellow Porsche 914. But accidentally, while you didn't get the question right, you did get the, the bonus. bonus. Yeah. Right. I which was it. what Grand Prix was it? It was the Canadian Canada. Grand Prix of 1973. As a result of several incidents caused by harsh weather conditions to control the chaos, a slick Porsche 914 was deployed out on track, driven by former Canadian racing driver Epi Weitzes. I think if you hadn't known it was Canada right off the bat, I think you still could have made an educated guess just based on the only, like the only two tracks I hear about in terms of this famous race when it was raining or spa in Canada. Those it's true, two yeah. seem to continuously pop up as spectacular wet races. Okay. Uh, this one should be pretty easy. Question number five, which F1 race has the highest altitude? Oh, that is Mexico. Correct. 
Mexico City's elevation is 7,350 feet or 2,240 meters for those who use mm -hmm. meters. Mexico City is even higher than Denver, Colorado at about 1.4 or 1.5 miles above sea level. The air density is, I think, about 25% less than at sea level. All right, number six. A gentleman by the name of Mike Hawthorne won the 1958 Drivers Championship. What was so special about that? Was it that he was the first Brit to win a Drivers Championship? Was it that he drove the whole season while wearing a bow tie? <laughs> was it that he won the Drivers Championship despite only winning one Grand Prix? Or was it that he immediately retired and went on to write children's books? Jeez, I kind of want it to be the bow tie thing. But I have a feeling it's something more reasonable, like he, he did it with only winning one Grand Prix, so we'll do it with that one. I find it interesting that you think only winning a race, one race out of the whole season and taking home the driver's championship trophy is more reasonable than a guy just strapping on a bow tie. Like what's, what's unreasonable about him wearing a bow tie? Nothing. It's okay, just, okay. It, it, it seems unlikely. That's all. Some people don't have that commitment. You are correct, but you would have been correct if you chose any answer because they're all correct. <laughs> He did all of those things. He was the first oh, Englishman to win a driver's championship. Um, there is some, some dispute about whether or not he won a race that year. I, I had read one trivia thing that didn't have any sources cited that said he had not won a race, but still took home the DC. Although the Wikipedia article goes into depth of how he won that year. And it's insane he was up against Sterling Moss, who was sort of him and Sterling Moss had a Verstappen Hamilton kind of uh, rivalry that year, except that they were very gentlemanly about it. Ah, so key difference. <laughs> Hence the bow tie. Right. Hawthorne won the 1958 Formula One championship despite achieving only one win against four wins by Sterling Moss, who was Ooh. behind him at the end of the season by only one point. Hawthorne was noted for wearing a bow tie when racing, and to the French fans who watched Formula One, he became known as Le Papillon, or Le Papillon, the butterfly? Le Papillon? Yes. Papillon. Papillon, uh, the butterfly. After winning the title, Hawthorne immediately announced his retirement from Formula One and began a series of uh, books for children featuring not only a fictional F1 driver named Carlotti, but also himself and other drivers of the day, including Sterling Moss and some others. The first of two books was published in 1958, and then another in 1959, and then he passed away. The interesting thing about his win is that he was, Hawthorne was disqualified for bump starting his stalled car going downhill the wrong way during one of the races. And he was going to be disqualified from that race. But Sterling Moss interceded on Hawthorne's behalf and got the decision reversed, which caused Ooh. Hawthorne to then win over <laughs> the whole championship over Moss by one point. Goodness. That level of gentlemanly and or, or what do you call sportsmanship or whatever. Uh, I don't know if we'd see that today. 
Like we see, we see that in the courts right now. We have Massa asking Hamilton to just give up his 2008 championship. Which is, that's a whole other can of worms that can mm-hmm. worm another day. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a whole thing. All right, question number seven. All right, the, the, the last five questions here are going to be quotes, and you have to guess who said them. Oh, jeez. Quote number one. I am an artist. The track is my canvas, and my car is my brush. It's multiple choice. Was that said by Fernando Alonso? No. Juan Manuel Fangio? Graham Hill? Or Felipe Massa? Massa. That was said by F1 driver Graham Hill, also known as the gentleman racer, whose artistic skills behind the wheel were best exemplified by his performance on the canvas otherwise known as Circuit de Monaco, where he won five times in the 1960s and earned the moniker Mr. Monaco. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Question number eight. The quote is, I have no idols. I admire work, dedication, and competence. Ooh, competence. Was this said by A, Nikki Lauda, B, Ayrton Senna, or C, George Russell? I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to, to hear if George Russell would say that. I'm trying to listen to his inner voice. Oh, Lauda. Why not? That quote is by Ayrton Senna. It is his second most well-known quote after, if you no longer go for the gap, you are no longer a racing driver or something along those lines. Yeah, that one I know. Yes. Question number nine. F1 needs Ferrari much more than Ferrari needs F1. Was this said by Stefano Domenicali, Toto Wolff, Bernie Ecclestone, or Ross Braun? the first one Stefano Domenicali and um, yeah we'll go with him this quote F1 needs Ferrari much more than Ferrari needs F1 was said by Toto Wolf really in light of Ferrari's threats to quit F1 over disagreements with Liberty Media huh. when they acquired it back in 2018 go figure because we've seen threats before we've seen like Red Bull threatening to leave over Mercedes dominance in the early teens, uh, mid teens. I wasn't aware of Ferrari making threats to leave over Liberty media. That whole transition period. I need to look into more. Yeah. I don't view those as threats so much as temper tantrums. But do you agree with the notion that F1 needs Ferrari more than Ferrari needs F1? No. Back in the day, maybe, but there's a diverse fan base nowadays. So you think the Ferrari brand needs its F1 fans and that's why it would stay? I I would say so. Okay. Like it's it's one of the ways that people connect with Ferrari when they can't buy a Ferrari. Then all of a sudden they're just limited by the people who can afford to buy one, which newsflash is very few people. <laughs> Question number <laughs> 10. The rule of thumb in F1 is to beat your teammate. This is a quote by one of these individuals. Was it 
Nico Hulkenberg, Nico Rosberg, Kiki Rosberg, or Sebastian Vettel? Goodness gracious. It's too many blonde men. <laughs> uh, let's go with Rosberg. I feel like it's him or Vettel, but we'll just go with Rosberg. Which one, Nico or Kiki? Nico. Okay, his dad could have said something spicy. Well, yeah, but Nico has a thing for his teammates. And that's why I put him on the list, because the answer was Nico Hulkenberg. Really? Mm-hmm. He's so, but like... He's so mild-mannered. You wouldn't expect him to kind of come out there and... Not even mild-mannered, but like... That's the kind of thing you say when you're actually having beef or competing with your teammate. Nico Hulkenberg, I feel like, just hasn't been in that situation where he's needed to be spicy. Like, Do you think him and Magnuson are a competitive pairing that are constantly jockeying for status above the other? I don't think there's a point to. I think that'd be wasted energy. Because at the end of the day, right now, they really just need to fight to get their car to be competent, I feel like they're more likely to commiserate together over things that are going wrong as drivers. Like, we have to deal with this car. Ah, shit. Instead of, I want to be number one driver. Bugger off. <laughs> <laughs> like. Okay. Final question. Question number okay. 11. This is the last quote. This is a team radio. Quote from one of the drivers. And he just says, I'm driving like a grandma. Okay. I really wanted Caroline to be here for this because she has that whole... Like gram a grandmother. Yeah, she has an old grandma bit. But this was said by either Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, Daniel Ricciardo, or Daniel Kvyat. It's Verstappen or Ricciardo. Which one? I'm going to go with Verstappen. You got that one right. It was Max Verstappen. I could feel was, that in my soul. This was the Hungarian Grand Prix in 2016 when he felt he was getting stuck behind Ricardo. <laughs> nice. Which uh, I, I want to go back and actually like watch a portion of that race and find out, see it in context. Mm -hmm. Make sure it wasn't misinterpreted misinterpreted as Ricardo was driving. Like he was saying that. Daniel was driving like a grandma, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So, Christina. Yes. How bad did I do? Out of a potential, out of a potential twelve points, you scored five. Ooh. Ouch. But admittedly, this was a much harder quiz than I had initially thought it was going to be. And <laughs> for that, I am simultaneously apologetic and very proud of myself. Some of those quotes was like the first time I'd heard them, I swear. <laughs> uh, so for our, our dear listeners, uh, please record your scores and share them with us on our Instagram stories. Don't cheat. Don't look them up. What is your... And we'll look forward to seeing that those results there on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever. This coming weekend, we have Singapore coming up. Yeah, we do. What are you looking forward to there? I think seeing how the change in the track makes things different, because if anyone doesn't know and has been living under a rock, uh, they've removed turns 16, 17, 18, and 19. So instead of having that like four corner turn little box thing in sector three, it's just a long straight 
which in theory means that they can go faster, but also means they could overtake more. I did read that Leclerc and Verstappen have both said they're very excited about this track change. That's good. Thank you, listeners, for joining us this week as we fill the time and entertain ourselves between F1 Grand Prix. And we'll be right back here next week to react to the Singapore Grand Prix live on YouTube Monday and with another episode a week from now. Bye. Meow. I feel like that's also a good game. Is this quote from F1 or from Dance Moms? <laughs> Listeners, we want to hear from you. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at GravelTrapF1. And share your love for F1 with us.